Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing! Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden. And also featuring Keith Steigert, Uber Reader and Romance Junkie. Pat Greiner, she has the head of an English major and the heart of a sci-fi nerd. These people are passionate about books. Maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls. You guys use a top sheet when you sleep in your bed? Yeah. Yeah. Did everyone say yeah? Yeah. I kind (laughs) of wish Megan were here so we could ask her because I just saw that there's like that millennials on down don't mm-hmm. use top sheets. Yeah. And it's funny because my children won't use top yeah. sheets. And I'm always like, dude, I don't understand. Like it, you just have to do laundry more often. And well, and they say, well it's a duvet cover. So who cares? And I'm, you know how hard those are to put on? Like, yeah. Not only wow. that is that it, they're fancy. So they get ruined. Yeah. So for Dylan, what I did when he was young, I just gave him a fuzzy blanket because he refused to use the top sheet. And I'm like, okay, fine. It has to be something I can wash. Here's your fuzzy blanket. And he still sleeps like that. Yeah. You mean like top sheet, like fitted sheet, top sheet blanket? Yeah. Mm. Oh, I use a top sheet, but I don't cover up with it. I tuck it in and. What? I use a top sheet when I make my bed, but I never get underneath it. Why use it then? Because I'm used to putting two sheets on the bed. So I always put two sheets on the bed, but I only get under the comforter. I don't get under the blanket. I mean, the uh, sheet. You're just protecting the comforter from yourself is what you is what the top sheet is for. Well, how dirty am I that I need protected for my comforter? Well, it's skin cells you don't have and all that. Flashes, you don't wake sweat up sweat and yeah, I mean that's what the top sheet is for. It's a barrier. But I wash my comforter. See, but I don't. Want, I get mine. I don't want to wash my comforter more than like top sheet. I don't want a blanket when it's. I get seventy I, degrees. I have out. to dry clean my comforter. Maybe I just have oh. a fancy comforter. I have to dry. In oh. fact, I just took it to the friggin' dry cleaners today because we're cleaning out our bedroom to get the carpet in there. I wash my God. comforter every time I wash my sheets. Oh, my God. Holy crap. You're amazing. Wow. I would never. It fits in my washer, so it's not that big a deal. I just it takes two times at of the dryer to dry it, but man, it's not. It's I not just thought that, that was weird when I read about it I, because it they were. Yeah, it was just a weird thing. It doesn't surprise me. Along with millennials on down, don't say you're welcome. They say no problem for the most part. Oh, I say no problem all the time. I say that too. Yeah, same. You know why? I I have been known to say it, but I also say you're welcome. But they never say you're welcome because, now let's see if I remember it right. When you say you're welcome, that's almost saying that that person should have given you a thank you. And when millennials on downers saying no problem, they're saying no problem instead of you're welcome because they are being nice and giving you the service you deserve. And they don't think that you should have to thank them. Oh, like a thank you isn't necessary. So they're saying, oh, it was no problem. Like if you you don't even have to thank me. Yes. But if you look at Spanish, the first time I had ever heard de nada, was when we moved from Casper and the the movers came up from Houston and they were Spanish. Mm-hmm. And so they're packing our stuff up and I said, thank you. And the guy goes, de nada. And I said, what's that mean? And he told me, it's nothing. 
I mean, there's also no I decay, but I don't remember exactly what that means. I decay. I don't know. I don't know. No, no I H A Y day Q U E. No I decay. Why? Google. Somebody Google no. that shit. It means it doesn't matter. There's a lot of things that we have done. It also means that. <laughs> we've done for no reason all these years. Like weird little quirky things that our parents did, that their grandparents did. And, you know, all of these little sayings and these little idiosyncrasies that we have in our families that we don't even notice until somebody goes, well, what, what the hell does that mean? Now I can't think of an example of it, but I, I remember saying something. I never heard the phrase duvet until I moved down South. And what the hell's a chiffero? A chiffero? That's like a, it's like an armoire. See, I'd never heard it called that until I saw the movie Oh, brother, where art thou? I had no idea what the fuck she was talking about. I had Schiffero or Davenport. We had one when I was in grad school and it was like a super some piece of junky furniture that we bought at probably about a fifth hand store or fished out of an alley or something because we were poor grad students. But wherever we got it from, that's what they called it was a Schiffero because I had not heard of it before then. It had... Half of it had drawers in it, and the other half was like an open space, like a closet. Oh. Only it, was, it sat up on legs. Oh, hmm. so it's we like a side by side. It's like a side by side. Out of it, yeah, but. awesome. And a dive imports a love seat, right? It's just a sofa, I think. For e- me, sofa Echo. and Davenport are What's interchangeable. What's a Davenport? The noun Davenport can have a couple meanings. One, a large sofa. Often one convertible into a bed. Two. Oh. A small writing desk. Well, those are completely opposite. I did not things. know the desk. Never I, heard of this a desk. I only knew the Davenport was like a garage. A, I took classes in okay. linguistics in college, I'm, and uh, that was one of the words okay, they said bye. that uh, people who know that stuff real well, depending on whether you say Davenport or couch or sofa, will tell the tell they can ask you a couple of questions in that vein and pretty much tell you where you grew up. My ex-husband's grandma used to call her couch a divan. Oh yeah, that's another one. That's because one whenever she would say that, I thought that she meant like a van, you drive down the street. Divan, and like, divan. She, divan. She'd say, like, go divan. sit, divan. Yeah. or you can sit on divan. And I'm like, what? Like the bears. You mean I have what? to go sit outside? <laughs> Do you guys read up rooms? Read up? What? Mm-hmm. When I was growing up, my best friend's family said that. They read out, read out the closet, read up the living room. That's what a big fuck? thing around here. What I've never what said is it, that? but Johnstown is huge. With clean it, it up. Make it straighten, ready. Straighten it, tidy it. Yeah. Red it's, up? Uh, well, and that's the same because that was in a little further east in Pennsylvania from where you are, but they're in Lancaster County. That's probably why they say it here because we're kind of central and I'm from Western PA. Because I started saying it after I would, had hung around with this girl's family for a while. I started saying it and my mom was like, no, don't. My mother was, my mother was from <laughs> Minnesota. No. She was like, you are not going to talk with a Pennsylvania Dutch. <laughs> sort of like when Dylan first came home and said, y'all, I said, no, we are not saying that in this family. You will say it correctly. Oh, dude. But that's I how everybody at school says it. No, I say it because um our thing is yins. 
And, and that, I that is, tried real hard yeah. to stop saying that. So I started saying y'all instead. All y'all sometimes oh, I have comes out. I a friend who says that a lot. Sometimes, All y'all. Sometimes that comes out when I've got redneck accent on. My husband's family was one of those that had like their own words that they like made up and just <laughs> meant stuff with it. Or, your current or husband least, or your ex-husband? My current husband. Okay. Just, just to confuse everyone out there because Martha and I are both married to men named Ron. So. Yes. <laughs> That's because clearly men named Ron are superior in every way. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's like one of them that I picked up from him is uh, Nick's Nuts. It's like a like a, a mischievous person. You know, the cat is being a little Nick's Nuts today because it's tearing up the trash and scattering it around. Try Googling and, it and see, if, see what you come up with. I, I have, and there are not many references to it. Enough that I think it's it's actually not exclusive just to his family, but I never heard of it from anyone else. Huh? It shows up here in the Pennsylvania Dutch Dictionary, so I'm surprised I never heard it growing up. That's interesting. I think it's funny that you have a Pennsylvania Dutch Dictionary. Well, no, that's no, she what just Googled, Googled it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> No, I, I do you were not have a pen- book. I was like, who has that? Why? Yeah. <laughs> I just got a different funny name. It was uh, apparently on Instagram. Somebody named Norbert Nixnuts. Yeah. <laughs> that's a name. It's that's a, no that's that's a that's name real. with a capital N. Yeah. Yep. He needs a cape and an embroidered <laughs> N on the front of his. Nixnuts man. <laughs> Body sock. Body sock. I was watching a TikTok video the other day and it was like a mom explaining what new words that their kids are saying mean. And do you know that yeet is one of the ones that are is coming back? <laughs> and that's an old word, isn't it? Yeet. No. That's like a, yeet that, the baby. That's a brand new word. They just put it in the dictionary. I've never heard that until like the last Yeah, five they years. just they just put it well, in the dictionary. I didn't I heard it from you, Keith. I thought it was an old like, oh, no, no. I, it's the kids. Oh. kids say crap like that. <laughs> and you know what somebody said to me at, at work the other day? He came into the office and we were talking about something. I was going on about it. And he goes, say less. And I'm like, <laughs> like um, what the fuck are you? Actually, I said, what the fuck are you talking about? He goes, say less, as in say more. I said, why would you say less if you want to hear more? That makes zero sense. But that's it's the slang. If somebody told me say less, I would think that they were telling me to shut up. That's what I said. Say less. Say less. What what, what was it that he meant? I'm still not following. He he meant um, as tell me more. Tell me more. Continue. Continue. (laughs) Say less. Yes. That doesn't make any sense at all. That's what I said. And he said that that's the way they're those those dang kids talk these days. Boy. And everybody started saying fire. I didn't know what the hell they were talking about. They're like, this is fire. I'm like, I didn't put any hot sauce in that. What are you talking about? (laughs) I think they were talking about pie that I had gotten from Pie Junkie. They're like, this is, this pie is fire. I'm like, what kind of pie are you eating? (laughs) My youngest still says everything's sick. And I'm like, could you stop? I said the other day, um, we were talking about some really good. That's like 80s. Yeah. It's coming back, apparently. Talking about some, I think we're, oh, I know what it was. We were talking about the Great British Baking Show. And I said, ooh, that Paul Hollywood is a snack. So I don't know, I don't know where I first heard that. But have you ever heard that before? Besides me saying it? I know I heard it somewhere. It just fits Paul Hollywood because he's yummy. 
And he's on a cooking show, so that makes perfect sense. It does. That I, I mean, I would know what you meant. That's very so. apropos. That's the other word I was trying to think of is that's actually Yiddish. Oh, the tukus. The tukus means the butt hmm. or the yes. backside. Yeah, I know what that means. Tukus. Tukus. I think my grandma used to call call. Yeah, so that's been around for a long time. I yeah. Think. yeah. That's an old word. My family and my friends always uh, poke fun at me because I still have Valley Girl speak. And anytime I'm really trying to make a point, I start off with dude. Same. <laughs> I say dude all the time. Yeah. yeah. I say and that. Someone had I'm... a ringtone for me as it just goes, dude, 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 dude. <laughs> and I was like, take that <laughs> off. I'm tired of hearing that when I call it. And I still say seriously. Like when somebody's Same. telling me a story, yeah. I'm like, seriously? <laughs> like, I know, right? With silver spoon. <laughs> oh my God. That is like so <laughs> sick. <laughs> you had to bring sick back into the room, didn't you? You know, people are still trying to make the word fetch happen. <laughs> uh, what the what, what the fuck? You keep What's saying that. I don't even know what that's supposed to mean. It's that's- from Mean Girls. One of the one of the girls in the Mean Click. Oh, is yeah. like, so he kept saying yeah. that, that's so yeah. fetch. And the one and the ringleader says, stop, stop trying, trying to make, to make fetch, fetch happen. happen. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it was from a movie. I just didn't, oh. couldn't remember which one. I haven't See, watched fetching, Mean Girls quite as much. Fetching is a is a nice word I've, that I've used before. People, what? Don't, that's very fetching. Haven't you ever heard that? Yeah, yeah. Like very coming, nice, talk. beautiful. You look very fetching today, Keith Rover. <laughs> He's not very good at fetching. <laughs> <laughs> That's usually how I use that word. <laughs> She's not fetching. God damn it. I thought we taught her to do that. Are we just going to have words? <laughs> there were, well, I mean, this is a book podcast. Okay. We can have just words are kind of our business. Words Words are kind of our thing. Those, kind of our thing, man. Really, all we do is talk about different combinations of the same 26 letters every week. That's all we do. Through that. <laughs> Different combinations. Wow, that made us sound really nerdy. <laughs> hey, I don't mind being nerdy. I used to work with this one girl that was like Tyler's age. And it was back when My Bad first was coming uh, in. My Bad. My Bad. Mm-hmm. And I said it one time at tour and she looked at me. I said, am I not cool enough for that? Am I too old for that word? And she says, yes. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my bad. Say less. Say less. <laughs> Oops. Wait, I used that wrong, didn't I? <laughs> Dang it. Maybe say more means shut up now. Yeah, say more. Hey, <laughs> I like that. I'm going to go in and use that at, at the it's other gonna time. It's going to be very confusing. Because it's <laughs> if say less means tell me more, then say more should say tell me less. Like, dude, that's yeah. too much information. This is <laughs> radio. Remember, remember the less is more days in radio, Martha? Oh, yes. There was a big movement to yes. get people to buy shorter commercials. Yep. And they'd tell them, and it got to the down to the point where they were selling two and three second long commercials. You could yep. barely say a name of something. Yep. Uh, that was, just stupid they're selling five second five seconds on us they call oh, them geez. they call them blinks yep that was what uh, yeah. what clear channel called those yep. two and three second they ones. go in between the songs 
If my name was Blake, I'd be very offended no, by that. No, Blink. Oh, Blink. I thought you said Blake. I was like, I don't think I'd want to be associated with something that means keep- really short. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of some slogan, like eat more chicken. Where's the beef? What else? What else can you say in like, can you Five advertise seconds. in three seconds? So speaking of words. Speaking of words, the title of my book this week is called Listening Well by Heather Morris. Heather Morris is the author who wrote Tattooist of Auschwitz. Ah, I knew that name sounded. And Journey and Three Sisters. You know, I've, I've read pretty much every single book that she's written. And this is a nonfiction book that kind of tells her journey into telling these stories. The Tattoo of Auschwitz, uh, she actually met with, I think it's Lolly. She actually met and interviewed Lolly for three years before she wrote the book, listening to his stories and spending time with him and everything else. So this is kind of her telling the story of her discovering the people behind the novels. And it was super interesting. I think that if you read Tattooist of Auschwitz and loved it, like I know a lot of people have, this would be a very interesting read. Lolly is just an absolutely amazing person. And when Heather Morris first started interviewing him, it was at, it was going to be for a movie. She was writing a screenplay. She wasn't even writing a novel. She finished her screenplay and then decided that she wanted to make it a novel instead. So she had to like transition her screenplay into a novel. And while she was interviewing him is when she found out about the three sisters who all were in the concentration camp. And she met with them and heard their story. And the three sisters decided that they wanted her to be the one to tell their story. And she also um, started research on Silka for Silka's journey, but she never actually met Silka because Silka had died by the time she started the research. Mm. So she found out about her story from like neighbors and friends And she went to, I can't remember what she called it, but it's like where they kept all of the marriage and birth records and death records and everything for people back in the thirties and forties. And in Slovakia, I think is where she lived. I'm not a hundred percent sure about that. I can't remember, but, um, and that's where she started her research. And from that, she discovered that she had Silka had, siblings so she went searching for siblings and everything else and it's just it was a very interesting read you know i always enjoy kind of finding out the story behind the story like Mm -hmm. how it was discovered like i love if i have a favorite movie i love watching how it was filmed and like the story behind the movie and everything else. I think maybe that's one of the reasons why I like to read the book before I watch the movie, because it's like the backstory. If that makes sense. I don't know. Maybe I'm just weird. No, that makes I know Megan. Sense. Yeah, I know Megan likes to do it. My favorite part of the it. DVDs back when they came out were the like parts where the actors or the director would talk about the stuff. That was my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, love it. Um, 
she gets a little preachy right in the middle with it's almost like she's trying to teach you how to listen well to other people. That part got a little redundant. So I don't know if I'd give it a complete five stars, probably only four and a half or four. But I just I absolutely loved the rest of the book. So it made up for that little lull in the middle. Just listening to her talk about Lolly and about his life after World War II, after being at Auschwitz, his compassion, and he's just such a wonderful, happy guy is how it sounded. And I think that he would have been an absolutely fantastic person to meet if I had ever had a chance when he was still alive. For anyone who enjoys Heather Morris's writing, or has read Tattooist of Auschwitz and absolutely loved it like I did, I would highly recommend this book because you find out more than what you did in her novel. And that again was called Listening Well by Heather Morris. Sounds like your exact type of book, Vani. I know. It really was my exact type of book. (laughs) Perfect. Okay, Keith. So the book I read this week was is called A Merry Little Meet Cute. So it's my first holiday book of the season. I was going to say, what the actual fuck? (laughs) Really? Hello? I'm still in pumpkin pie spice mode, and you're already going to peppermint mocha. Fine. (laughs) But it's not technically a Christmas book. So A Merry Little Meet Cute by Julie Murphy and Sierra Simone. This book, when they announced that it was coming out, a bunch of the tribe and I were laughing because Julie Murphy is this well-renowned young adult writer. Like she's written Dumplin' and like a bunch oh. of other things that are are really well-known. And Sierra Simone is this like incredibly spicy, smutty writer. So the two of them work together on this book. So I was all excited. I was like, look, it's Megan and I together at last. I can't imagine that if Keith and Megan wrote a book together, it would be like <laughs> it would be like a teenage dinosaur who loses his virginity <laughs> to a woman. No, to a to a boy band. Oh, Oh, yes, to a boy band. (laughs) Well, it's funny you say that. (laughs) Because in our book, we meet Nolan, and he is this ex-boy band member, and he was always the bad boy, and he had this really bad sex scandal in his past, and it involved the Winter Olympics, a group of speed skaters, and a very young, very impressionable very uh, wholesome figure skater who was supposed to go all the way to gold, but instead they all got caught having a massive orgy together. I just can't. I'm sorry. I keep laughing, but I can't get past the picture of you and Megan writing a book (laughs) together. I was just totally stuck on that. So I apologize for all the laughing. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Nope. You're fine. So Nolan, his mother is very sick. She has bipolar disorder and she can't work. And so he is like the breadwinner for his family. And so he really needs to be able to do something with his notoriety, but he has a really bad reputation and his solo career has tanked and no one really wants to work with him. His manager gets him this job and it's to be the leading man on this really 
wholesome Christmas movie that they're making. And it's for this channel called the hope channel, which is, I mean, wholesome, nice movies. It's kind of Hallmark esque. So his agent is pretty much like, okay, listen, don't be you. Do not do any of the things that you do. You have to pretend you're like as white as the winter snow for this movie. So he's like, okay, I have to be completely not me. And meanwhile, the producer of this movie is this big time porn producer, but he didn't tell the Hope Channel. He's trying to like create his own different persona and he's trying to get out to do stuff that's more mainstream. So he's working with the Hope Channel and he desperately needs them to not find out that he also is this huge porn guy. So he has everything set up. They're going to this town in Vermont where it's basically they it's not Christmas, but this town in Vermont is always decorated for Christmas because all the Christmas movies that they make, they film in this one town. So it's just Christmas all year round. So they're all getting ready. And then four of the crew members and the leading lady for this film go to like a Burning Man kind of festival. And I don't even remember. It's something really ridiculous. Like a tusk falls off of a huge fake elephant and hurts them all. So none of them can do the movie now. So porn producer guy has a whole bunch of people he can call. But guess how he knows them? They're all porn industry people. So he's got a makeup artist that's from the porn industry. He's got the costumer comes and he's bringing all these costumes and they're like assless chaps and stuff. (laughs) And so he keeps saying, okay, guys, guys, this is a mainstream movie for the Hope Channel. You can't, no, this is not our usual stuff. And the leading lady, who's this wholesome young thing, she also gets hurt. So he asks one of his actresses who wants to kind of diversify and get into mainstream films. And her name is B. But her alter ego is Bianca Von Honey. And she has what would be an OnlyFans page in our world. And she's an adult film star. So he basically says to her, I have this film for you. You cannot tell anyone that you are an adult film star. So be on your best behavior. So both the stars are kind of like really into sex. And they, they, you know, they're very sex positive and everything. And they're both being told, okay, guess what? You guys have to completely act not the way you are for the whole shooting of this movie. And B in her bedroom from when she was young has posters over every inch of her wall and of course all her posters of uh, are of nolan from back when he used to be in the boy band and nolan is like the top tier subscriber to her only fans page so they instantly know that each other are like not pure like the winter snow He just loves her from afar. She has loved him from afar and they're just big fans of each other. So when they meet in the flesh, they fall for each other, but they're not allowed to do anything. No shenanigans. And the whole book is just hysterical because they're trying to make this wholesome 
Christmas movie. <laughs> and meanwhile, like half of the staff <laughs> are, they really are trying, but what they usually do is very different from this. And the stars are both also <laughs> like not the best people for this movie. I laughed so hard. <laughs> so funny. I'm, I've been so laughing through your, whole, through your whole review. It does sound like a funny premise. It is so funny. But it was also amazing. Julie Murphy writes amazing books about plus-size women that are really body positive. And so our our leading lady is, is a plus-size woman. They handled sex the sex positivity, body positivity in just the best way. It's there, but it's not something that they just keep trying to teach you a lesson. It's just, you know, it's part of life. And uh, I can't say enough good things about it. It was hysterical. It was really good romance. Um, It had all these amazing messages. It ended in just the best way. It was so amazing. Definitely check it out if you love Julie Murphy. Check it out if you love Sierra Simone. It's not nearly as spicy as Sierra Simone's other stuff. I mean, Alyssa used to review some of her stuff, and I loved it. But woo, fiery. So we're not talking spicy. We're talking uh, ghost peppers. Oh, yeah. (laughs) This is like a good three and a half Megan blushes. Everybody needs to read it. It's just hysterical. And that was called A Merry Little Meat Cute by Julie Murphy and Sierra Simone. Alyssa reviewed a book about Camelot. It was called American Queen. Yeah, I remember. By Sierra Simone. Holy crap. Really? Yeah, I read that. I read oh, so, mm-hmm. so yeah, Vonnie knows. So I know. It was... <laughs> It was so freaking good. I loved that book. <laughs> I think there's like another book, but I only got a little ways into the second book. There are three in that yeah. in that series. And I didn't finish it. I think it's not that I didn't like it. It's because I needed to read something for the podcast. So, yeah. and I just, it timed out and I never went back in and checked she it out. She also has a series about a priest. Really? <laughs> <laughs> it's so amazing. And yet the whole time I feel like I'm being dirty. <laughs> That's funny. Well, you know, some some women think that it's the ultimate get to do a priest, a Catholic uh-huh. priest. Not me. I'm I'm not saying me. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. Make sure you preface that because no, everyone's going to come after Martha. No, I'm not interested in men in uniforms of any type. That's a, to me, that's a uniform. Men in collar. No, thanks. No. Gotcha. No, no uniforms for this girl. I mean, I like uniforms, but I don't know about a priest. <laughs> Although it would be fun to play the game until you got him. And then I don't think it'd be fun anymore. And then you'd be like, okay, it's over. Be like, all right, I just wanted to catch you. I'm throwing you back now. <laughs> so it would so really just be a catch and release program. <laughs> exactly. It's a catch and release program. Nice. <laughs> what an ultimate challenge. I know, right? Get a little naughty on Sunday morning right before he goes out for the sermon. I'm sure there are plenty. I mean, of ch- I think there, there are- could be some role playing games in that right there. I'm sure there are plenty of church ladies who've already tried that on. It would be hard to look at the altar the same Father, way again. Father, I brought you a casserole. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's terrible. <laughs> Woof. 
No, it would be a warm apple pie. (laughs) (laughs) If you watch that movie, you understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was hilarious. That movie was hilarious. Cake with anal beads baked into it. (laughs) Just don't let the dog play with them. Shall we try to transition out of that? (laughs) Is there any sex in your book? There's there's a little. It's not the main focus. I read a book called The Good Girl by Mary Kubica. It's a book about an abduction, and it's told in a very interesting way. For one thing, it is narrated from three different points of view. There's the mother of the abduction victim. There's the police detective who's working on the case. And there is the abductor. And you hear... And it's also told in basically two time frames. Uh, And each chapter is identified as you read through as being either Eve, the mother, the detective's name has escaped me for the moment, something like Gareth or Gavin, and Colin, the abductor. And in, in each chapter, you get a name like that and you get either before or after. And they're almost alternating before and after sections. So the result of this is that you know pretty quickly on that Mia, who is the young woman who was abducted, you know that she gets back alive. You know she is not killed because the after sections have to do with her mother taking her to therapy. But Mia comes back with amnesia. She can't tell anyone what's happened while she was held. And this was a period of several months of about two and a half months. Ultimately, this is a book that is in a lot of ways about Stockholm Syndrome. Uh. And the book is not only about it, the book, I think, affects you as a reader that way. Because Colin tries to sound, he's the abductor, tries to sound like a tough guy at first. But as you come to find out more about him, about why he did this and how he reacts to her, he becomes a very sympathetic character. And so you, as well as Mia, are dealing with Stockholm Syndrome in a way. You, you get sympathy for the abductor. And that, that alone was pretty interesting in terms of what's going on with the dynamics in this book. But the very last chapter has one of the best twists I've read in a long time. Wow. I absolutely did not see it coming. And it was, it was one of those that you just went... Oh, that changes everything. Oh, now I got to read it. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a, it's, I listen to it on audio. It's a pretty quick listen. And it's fun because it, they narrate, the, they have three different performers narrating those voices. And they're all, they all do it very well. The, the detective kind of reminds me of Columbo a little bit in his delivery. <laughs> <laughs> I love, and I love um, Columbo. It was, interesting it was a good read all the way through and when i hit that twist it turned it into a great read Hmm. it was a very unexpected at least for me so martha if you read it i'll be curious to know because you're pretty good at calling stuff i was thinking that yeah that's one of the reasons that i don't spend a lot of time in thriller territory because i get so mad uh, although now actually you'd have a you'd have a head start because i've already told you there's a thriller that you 
and to look for it coming from an unexpected direction. Yeah, that's, so that's true. So you might, you might be able to call it. I found it a very entertaining book and very well done. And that was The Good Girl by Mary Kubica. Now, this book that I'm going to review, I found it whilst looking for horror novels. So it's actually categorized partially as a horror novel. But I'm going to review it not as a horror novel. I think that sometimes it's just difficult to categorize a book. This is called Geek Love by Catherine Dunn. I also realized when I looked her up that she passed away in 2016, so she's not even alive still, which is a bummer because I would like to read more from her. And I'm going to go back and read some other of her books that she wrote before this one. It's the story of a family of traveling performers, but not just traveling performers, traveling human oddities. And one of the first portions of the book is really shocking because... The mother gives birth to this baby, and they're all talking about it being a norm. And they're actually preparing to leave the baby on the side of the road or to leave the baby at a gas station or something like that. Because the baby doesn't have any deformities or any, you know, obvious things going on when their main dude is Aqua Boy. He has flippers for for limbs and he does his show in a tank. And he's the oldest, I think. And then they have a set of Siamese twins and a dwarf. See, they're all siblings. And the parents are the the ringleaders or whatever. And so this family is just so different from the very beginning. Their whole life is the show and everything revolves around it they live in these you know trailers and all of their relationships with each other and all of everything revolves around the show and at first it takes you a little while to kind of get used to that in this book because obviously you have no frame of reference for that kind of a a relationship among family members. I mean, yeah, my family's a little bit dysfunctional, but the dysfunction in this family is actually functional because they're all a part of the show. Aqua Boy is this major, he's an asshole. You learn right away that he gets really out of control angry if his Siamese twin sisters sell more tickets than he does. And he's very controlling and just a little asshole from the very beginning. Well, when they go to leave the baby by the side of the road, they quickly figure out that he's not a norm after all. Because they're going to leave him and pretty soon his mother falls face first into the cardboard box that he's in. And her bra comes off so her boobs are loose so that he can drink. It's like he is controlling her. So he's like the mind thing going on. So that then you add another thing. And it, this is a very fantastical book. It's not the sort of thing that you could really consider being normal in any way. It's very, very out there. 
you have to completely suspend your disbelief when reading this book. It is not a normal book. It's almost like science fiction in some ways, which sort of explains why I liked it. But the thing I had the trouble with is after you get used to that, it switches to the future and the dwarf, she's an albino hunchback dwarf named Ollie. It's her in the future and she's talking about her daughter. So so you get the, the story that she had, you know that she's had a daughter and you know that they're not in the performance space anymore, that she has, she's a, ra- a radio performer now because that's a job that she can do where she's not seen at all. But you're not really quite sure what the hell she's up to. And that portion of the story is a little bit more difficult to get into because you're really not sure what the big connection is. It's almost like there are two different stories. They might should have been two different stories or something. I'm, that's the only real gripe I had with the book is it was, it was too difficult to go from one story to the other, the past to the future, where you know that this is her child. Her daughter is a six-foot woman, beautiful woman, who just happens to have a tail. So she is stripping and showing off her tail for money. There's this woman who, for a hobby, actually tries to improve young women's lives by removing their distractions. So what she'll do is, if she finds a woman who's particularly smart, because she had this, she grew up with this girl who, who was really smart and really pretty, but so distractible, who got in this horrific accident, accident was burned over a huge portion of her body and then became this really smart person because all of her beauty was removed. So this woman that the dwarf meets is who she's trying to protect her daughter from because this woman has offered to pay to have the daughter's tail removed. So the dwarf is getting as close as she can to this other woman who's going around doing this as a hobby. And basically, she disfigures these women in order to remove the distractions so they can become who they want to be. So, for example, one of her projects is this girl who had these massive breasts. And what she does is she pays the girl to have the breasts removed. Removed? Removed. So that she can be her true self. I'm, it's really fucking twisted. I mean, twisted. What a strange hobby. Yeah. Well, she's really rich, too, obviously. It, it makes it very difficult to really buy into it. And not very many people liked this book. Probably for that reason, I'm guessing, is because the story, it takes so long for it to coalesce. You're Because you're working with this portion over here, which is Ollie's past, to see how she gets to this place in the future. Her daughter doesn't know who she is. Her daughter was put into uh, an orphanage convent when she was a baby and had a trust fund set up to, to care for her. And then a house purchased for her and all of this stuff after she's old enough and 
so basically she's been provided for this whole time, but she has no idea by whom. And Ollie wants to get close to her because she fears what's going to happen when this other woman, you know, gets to her. And obviously she wants to be close to her, but she's a three foot tall albino hunchback dwarf. And that's her, a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, exactly. And so that's, that's a hard sell to find out if that's your mother, right? And she knows that. You get the whole story eventually. And the story about the carnival is so absolutely bizarre. It's like you can't look away from it. It's like a car accident where you abs- you're absolutely mesmerized by the weird bullshit that goes on in this place and how they feel like it's normal that you can't stop looking at it. And honestly... I'll I'll be straightforward. That's the reason I kept reading it is that I, I was just fascinated, like seeing how this family adapted to the things that had happened to them. And their whole existence was built on that. Like I said, it's it, it was a hard read. It is not something that you should go into lightly because there's a lot of shit going on in the book. Just looking at the info about it, though, it got it was up for the National Book Award. It was yeah, well, well regarded critically. You, yeah, but if you look at the Goodreads reviews, they're terrible. I mean, she it's only got like a three point something because it's either one star Excellent. or five stars. You either love it or you hate it. And I think you guys know which category I fall into. It was fascinating. I can't even explain it. It was it was a book that I will never forget. You know, if you if you want to fall into the strangest fucking rabbit hole <laughs> you never knew existed. It kind of reminded me a little bit. Did anybody see American Horror Story the carnival one? Yep. Okay. It it's almost like somebody took portions of that book, not all of it. There are but there are portions of that that fit. I could see that. Yeah. yeah. Like it fits after I was reading. I was like, holy shit, there's some parallels here. A lot of parallels. And I didn't look it up to see if there was any mention of that's where some of the source material came from. But it's very, very. Well, the, the book is a lot older then. Well, yeah, I, I think it was that, written yeah. in 1980 something. Eight, yeah. 89. I think. 89. 80, yeah. 89. It's only 384 pages, but it felt a lot longer because it was so dense. There was so much going on in it. That I, one's got me curious. I'm, I may have to. I, it, it sounds like it's kind of the rat foot earrings of books. It really is. It's the rat skull <laughs> and the it's a rat skull necklace and the rat foot earrings. It's <laughs> it's and maybe a bone tiara to throw it in there. Um. I would be really interested, Pat, if you read it, to let me know what you think. I thought it was a fascinating look at how a family adapts to the things that happen to them. And the weird fucking, it left me speechless in portions because of all this weird shit. I mean, there's even a religion that pops up around Arturo, the aqua boy, that he fosters. And people start amputating toes and shit. And it's unfreaking believably awful in some sections. 
So don't don't dive into this book if you're squeamish or mm-hmm. or if you're going to be disgusted easily because there's a lot of really fucked up stuff that goes on in this book. Did I love it? Yes, I did. And if this woman was alive, I would seek out her autograph because <laughs> I thought it was brilliant. So there you go. That's Geek Love by Catherine Dunn. And the, the, <laughs> the rat skull necklace and the rat foot earrings. I had a book hangover from, from this book. I just sat and stared at the wall for a while. I was like, Did you read it or was it audio? It was audio. The audio was pretty well done, but it wasn't over the top good. You know, I, I think it could have been done a lot better, but obviously it was done back in the 80s. So that was a whole different time for audio. Audio's improved so much. The audio that I listened to was released in 1999. You know, I have all of these October reads checked out right now and in my OverDrive app waiting for me to read them. And earlier, I must have brushed my phone by mistake or I don't even know what I did because my screen was blank and all of a sudden this creepy ass music (gasps) started playing. And I, when I opened my phone, you know, it was because it had started one of my books. But it like, and the stupid book is about a haunted doll, and that's the one that started playing. It's not even anyone that I was reading. It's not even my next up. Nothing. So maybe just, that haunted doll wants you to read about. I guess so. Maybe that needs to be my next book to read. <laughs> I think I think it's a sign, Bonnie. We should talk about the live show, shouldn't we? Holy shit, yeah. We got a live That's show. That's like next, next week. weekend. Damn, I need to clean my house. I'm and already... vacuum my car before I pick a pad up from the airport or else she's gonna be covered with dog hair by the time we get anywhere. Hey, I live I live in cat puke. Dog hair is just fine. <laughs> it might smell a little better. <laughs> yeah, she's got I'm one of those sure it will. <laughs> one of those car air fresheners plugged in there. It'll be fine. Well, I do actually have a <laughs> air freshener in my car so if you want to meet pat in person of course you do she's delightful you can come to the live show which is on the 24th of september at full circle bookstore in oklahoma city at 7 p.m keith is not joining us in person this time but bonnie will be there as will megan and we are going to have our group read which is the left hand of darkness by ursula le guin so you still have time to read that if you haven't done it yet, but it's not required. That's something that we do after we record the live show. We have sort of a discussion afterwards where everybody can talk about the book. After we usually go somewhere and eat something or have a little bit of an after party. Because we love hanging out with our book girls. We absolutely adore it. We're having, we've got travelers coming from Missouri because Donna's coming. Which I'm very excited about. I love Donna. Yeah. She's so awesome. Well, it'll be fun to have all of them yes. there. Yes. So if you're planning... I'm hoping the gods of air travel smile on me. I'm starting at like 6 o'clock Friday morning to get from Wyoming to Oklahoma by Saturday night. <laughs> I, I built in an extra day because the airline system seems to be so screwed up now that... Oh, well, I hope you yeah. make it for Friday night because we're having pizza. Yeah. 
if you're planning to come to town, let us know. Send us a message on, on our Facebook page because we want to make sure that we get to meet you and hang out with you. So if you're planning to come, say it. Come and join us. Don't say less. It. Say less. <laughs> oh, you're telling me to say less? No, no, no. I meant uh, they need to say less. Like, you know, tell us more. Now I can't think of anything else to say. He threw me off my game. <laughs> Somebody says say less. I automatically think, oh, she's telling me to shut up. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Live events are always fun. We always they're have always fun. a lot of work, but they're always a lot of fun. And they have beer and wine there. So that always helps. And you and know, there's usually the alcohol. Yeah. 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 Really? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Why do you think we cool. love it there so much? We get to get drunk oh, and talk about I, books. I thought it was just the books, but now. <laughs> now yeah. I understand. Yes. It's a very cool place. We love it there. Well, you know, the Urban Dictionary says Uh-oh. that say less means what we think it means. Is when you understand someone fully and clearly and you don't need any of their further explanation. See, that's what I thought. Yeah. See, that's what I thought. And he said, no, it means tell me more. Well, maybe he told maybe me he's that. made up his own thing like fetch. You, maybe he has no idea what he's talking about. Maybe he said that to make me, and the then, old person, think that he was telling me to say more when he was actually telling me to shut the fuck up. Boy, yeah. with us old people. Well, I'm going to kick or, him right in the sack when I see him the next time. <laughs> Or he's confused. Did his office smell like incense when you came when you went in? <laughs> Usually does. So yeah. Did it smell a little pungent in there? It always does. <laughs> yeah. I think we know the answer to that question. He was just fucking with the old woman. Oh, well, it's also defined as something that arrogant asshole pricks say when they've been proven to be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> does it seriously say that or did you make yeah. it up? Nope, that seriously says that. <laughs> Thought maybe you're trying to make Martha feel better. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that, Pat. Thank you for looking that up for me. Now I can use it God, properly. he's such a Blake. <laughs> <laughs> such a Blake. I mean, such a Blake. He's so sh- it's so tiny. <laughs> I feel so sorry. So- I feel sorry now for guys named Blake. Well, we should- something needs to be the equivalent of women named Karen. So. <laughs> no, I think there's already one, and that's the, a Chad. A Chad, yeah. yeah. I just mean a, a perfectly good name that's now been stigmatized. Oh, yeah, that's nice true. Person or not. Yeah. That, that's very true, because Karen is delightful. Our Karen. The Karen we know. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Say less. Yeah. Say less. Say less. Now I'm so confused. I don't know how to use it. <laughs> um, just don't, Martha, honey. We're too old to use that kind of slang. <laughs> if I can't say my bad, you can't say say less. Okay. Got it. Okay. I think you should be able to say my bad. Everybody says that. I actually yeah. still say it. I don't care what I sound dude, like. Dude, really? I seriously say dude all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I say that to my brother when I'm trying to calm him down he gets so pissed off don't call me dude okay let's see this will be a test to see what you guys know because i probably don't know any of these do you know what on fleek means on fleek what is it? that means um on point, on point. Like is that on point nyos <laughs> nyos n-y-o-s nyos to say yes and no at the same time oh 
Nyos. I thought it stood Nyos. for something. Nyos. It's you sound like a cat. <laughs> That's a dumbest... like a cat that's been eating peanut butter or something. That's the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard of. A cat about to puke up a hairball. Yes. You guys are very good at that, by the way. Thank you. I have a lot of hair. Here's Twat Waffle, the <laughs> idiot been around a long time. The idiot that gets on your last damn nerve. The person you know that suffers from excess verbal diarrhea. The one you want to smack in the face with a pickaxe, also known as Robert. <laughs> Robert See, I feel is such like, a twat waffle. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we had something to do with these slang words coming back because first time I ever heard yeet was from Keith. Yep. Yay. And like like a year and a half, two years later, it's been like two years, I think. They all put of it in sudden, the dictionary. It's in the urban dictionary. No, it's in the regular dictionary. Oh, it's in the regular dictionary. Twat waffle. That was something that we freaking read in a book like three years ago. Oh, I think it was longer than three years ago. Was it longer than that? Yes. That was before the pandemic. Yeah, it was. My first husband used to call people a twat waffle on a regular basis. That's been a few <laughs> really? years. Yeah, that's that's yeah. been a while. I just what? think that we're trendsetters. Edmonton. That means we're cool and hip. I mean, we're fire. Wait, what's the we're fetch. We're on point. <laughs> we are so yeah. fetch. Is that how you use it? We're fleek. We're fleek. Oh, no, we're on fleek. Fleek sounds like something that I would do in my bedroom when I'm alone at night. <laughs> Ew. Bonnie, honey, that is J-Lig. J-Lig would be. Just let it J-Lig go. J-Lig would be like if I uh, <laughs> invited somebody over for the night. <laughs> Narcissism. Looking yourself up on Google? Yes, the act of thoroughly and repeatedly Googling oneself. We used to do that. Holy crap. In the early days of the podcast, Bonnie and I would sit on on Wednesday night in the library and continually Google ourselves to find out if anybody was talking about us. We did. <laughs> That's hysterical. It was some amazing narcissism on our part. Have you ever Googled yourself and see what comes up? Yeah, unfortunately, there aren't a whole lot of Keith Steigerts around, so... So it's just you, baby. <laughs> Pretty much. The first thing that pops up for me is um, something called Vonnie Claire Road in Coal Creek, Colorado. Sounds like a place we need to visit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Might be on fleek. Fuck. Oh, <laughs> that's it. That is it. And that's going to do it for Three, three book, book Girls. Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow them on TikTok, YouTube, and check out their website at threebookgirls.com. And join the group Three Book Girls Tribe on Facebook. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend or join them at one of their live events. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.